Thanks for joining. Um, so let's get everything started then. So um, we're excited, obviously, on our end from Injective to announce that uh, BitGo is natively integrating INJ. So we wanted to thank Daniel and Cooper for joining us today. Um, why don't we start with a quick introduction from both Daniel and Cooper yourself? Yeah, awesome stuff. And, and Daniel, are you coming through well on your side of things? Yep, can hear everyone. Perfect. Pleasure to be here. Likewise, likewise. Well, do you want to kick things off and then, and then I can jump over to the injective side of things? Sure, I can start. So hello, everyone. My name is Daniel. I'm a product manager here at BitGo, overseeing all of our coin listing and wallet apps features, so like staking, DeFi, um, supporting L2 tokens. I kind of handle all of that. I'm glad to be here again. Yeah, awesome stuff and excited to, to kick off this conversation. Um, I'm Cooper. I work on the injective business team here. Um, I oversee a lot of our different kind of market maker, you know, integrations and liquidity provider integrations um, to get a better understanding in terms of what Injective is and, and what Injective does. Uh, Injective is a layer one blockchain built and optimized for finance based applications and provides developers modules uh, and Web3 modules in which they can customize and launch their own dApps um, in, you know, days to weeks as opposed to building everything from scratch. So, you know, I in terms of, you know, working on Injective and, and a lot of the exciting growth that we've seen over the past couple months, uh, we have over 30 plus applications, you know, specific to DeFi and outside of that kind of spectrum and vertical um, that, you know, have launched and will be launching and and they can take advantage of a lot of the, the great aspects that BitGo and, you know, the custody solution um, as a whole really offers. And, and I think that there's a lot of exciting kind of aspects to this potential collaboration and, and you know, you know, more significant institutional interest in the space as we push forward and as Injective continues to kind of position itself um, in the realm of kind of being, you know, institutionally compliant and kind of the, the go-to chain for DeFi. Yeah, I think, Cooper, you just touched on the key word, the buzzword for all of us now, institutional. So I guess let me just start off by asking, Obviously, with institutional adoption of DeFi being a really hot topic now, and obviously trading volume being up, how do you personally think that this integration with BitGo is going to help Injective in advancing institutional DeFi adoption? Yeah, 100%. So so in, in my day-to-day, right, interfacing and working with some of the largest uh, kind of institutions that are currently integrated in the space, as well as kind of some of the you know trading shops, et cetera, et cetera. In in light of what we've seen over the past 12, 24 months, um, kind of custody and security um, are by far and large the most important considerations when you know 
choosing or integrating with any venue to execute. So we have our centralized exchanges and centralized exchanges for most kind of users and parties, I think are are the first step in the user journey of onboarding within the crypto space. Um, and those are things similar to Binance um, and et cetera. And I think that we learned a lot from kind of, you know, what occurred and what happened with FTX um, and, you know, injective kind of shined and, and proved to be an incredible alternative as everything is fully on chain. So there are no back doors, right, of a fully on chain um, order book or a fully on chain exchange similar to injective. It's kind of, you know, the, the famous line, you know, your keys, uh, your coins, right? And, and that's what injective provides. But the next and most important piece, right, is that there are kind of considerations to going on chain. Um, those different forms of considerations can be around security risk, smart contract risk. Uh, we see several kind of different forms of hacks, et cetera. I'd say that Injective, you know, knock on wood, is, is probably one of the best positioned in terms of the audits that have been undergone in the past, you know, two plus years on mainnet and even before so. Um, and in addition to kind of those different types of things, working with the likes of custodians who can provide this, you know, very, you know, security, which I think Daniel can speak to specifically here shortly, um, is the next step in, you know, having that added value of having finance on chain, but then in addition, having the the second leg of security, which is, you know, working with a trusted and, and you know, very compliant custodian. Yeah, I think you touched on a really good point with security as well um, on chain. So just want to ask Daniel in this case, you know, what are the sort of unique characteristics that your BitGo team looks for when you guys are choosing assets to integrate? And a follow-up question would be, how do you how how do you think Injective stands out from the crowd of all the coins that's available, right? Yeah, great question. So here at BitGo, you know, security is the name of the game. We are foremost a regulated and qualified wallet platform and custodian. So we support multiple assets. And every asset has like unique features and capabilities around it. But ultimately, like we use our BitGo stack to secure it, to provide all these like core infrastructure to like builders and investors to secure it. When it comes to like security itself, kind of what we uh, look for is like very like technical things, like how does the key curve work? Like how can we like shard the keys? Because at BitGo, we always follow a two of three scheme. Like BitGo, we kind of founded the very first like multi-sig for Bitcoin. And while not every chain is natively multi-sig, um, we try to implement our version of this like two of three scheme. That way, not only do we secure it in BitGo, but if BitGo, you know, God forbid, ever goes down or gets hacked, it could never, uh, no one could ever get access to the, uh, never get access to um, your crypto itself. And Injective, we love working with them because we love the Cosmo ecosystem. You know, the fact that they all share like a common library kind of makes it easy for us to like onboard them and secure it in a very uniform manner. Um, and pretty much that's kind of what we do to ensure that we kind of secure it because all of our customers are like institutions, they're exchanges, they're B2B2C companies. So some of the folks here, when you're working with certain exchanges, could be powered by Bitcoin. and we want to make sure that security is top of mind for everyone. So no matter who they are, no matter what the wall type is, we always follow this two of three. And I know a lot of people, you know, always talk about not your keys, not your crypto. And that is true for the most part, but managing a key is very difficult. So at BitGo, we have like multiple wallet types. So whether you want to have full control of the keys, we offer like a two or three hot wallet or a self-managed cold wallet for these users. 
But if the key management is very difficult or due to regulations, you can't hold the keys yourselves. We have like a custodian service line where we manage the keys on behalf of our institutions, where not only do we safeguard it with the same level of securities, we actually have a, a physical vault somewhere in the world that I'm not privy to know, as well as like insurance and other um, benefits that comes with securing it with BitGo. Nice. Yeah, perfect. Um, going on from our end, Cooper, what do you personally, what do you think this integration with BitGo means for Injective and obviously our broader ecosystem? And how, how would you say it aligns with Injective's vision as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, 100%. I think that we kind of touched on it um, a bit before. And, and also, I think it's important to highlight um, a lot of the important aspects of, and especially for like a lot of the different community members, understanding how custody works and, and how and why it works, right? So there are ways in which, you know, years back where you can log on and you can use things like Helix or, or Astroport, which are deployed on Injective, or back in the golden day, Uniswap, um, to purchase tokens from your MetaMask wallet, which is a fully self-custodial wallet, um, which, you know, kind of as many people know due to hacks and otherwise, uh, different types of compromises can happen. Um, but as it specifically relates to institutions uh, getting involved in crypto, we hear about this all the time and we kind of, you know, see different things such as what we see that it came out of, you know, the BlackRock filing of a potential ETH-based spot ETF or ETH-based, you know, um, kind of spot product coming out in, in the coming months is that these different types of institutions who deal wheel and deal in, in, in massive size um, specifically have, you know, large mandates that they can't keep hundreds of millions of dollars worth of crypto on a hot wallet, right? They, you know, they just can't simply can't do that. They have to work with someone um, similar to a BitGo um, to kind of, you know, uh, you know, store and custody those assets um, and ensure that, you know, there is an expert in place, in this case, BitGo, taking care of those, you know, you know, different assets that they are either long on or, or short on or, or whatever that thing may be, right? So now for the, you know, one of the first times, BitGo, who is one of the leading institutional providers, and I think it'd be very interesting to get into kind of, you know, the bread and butter uh, and where the, the remain kind of business is driving BitGo at the moment. Um, but from my understanding, right, it's very large institutions who take, you know, large bets, whether that's a VC or, or you know, a more mainstream institution taking large bets um, on digital assets. And they want to house those assets with with a proper custodian. And and BitGo is really the leader in that space. Um, and we couldn't be more excited um, to you know have INJ and and our native governance token supported um, by BitGo uh, in their custody services. I think it it really brings us one you know one step to, uh, closer to onboarding institutions already into our ecosystem on a day-to-day -day basis and really builds kind of the, the platform to branch off into more specific and bespoke, you know, arrangements in which BitGo could power DeFi on Injective and, and, and you know, many more important aspects. But I think that the biggest aspect is truly uh, being able to potentially, you know, custody and, and hold INJ um, network-based tokens, you know, through BitGo's custody solution. Yeah, I would totally agree with that because on the institution side, that's exactly right. These are like early investors who are help securing and funding the network that they need to, they 
they just need a place to park these assets oftentimes because you know no one wants to be in charge of managing a single ledger with hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's where BitGo plays in. But on top of that, we also have exchanges, like we our infrastructure powers exchanges. So it's kind of like a natural flow where it's almost like a flywheel where these investors have a place to park their assets, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to also invest in all their builders and exchanges. And then BitGo powering these exchanges offers INJ to their retail customers, which kind of furthers this flywheel to get more retailers involved. And when you see more retail demand, you have more institutions and VCs kind of funding it, as well as more builders trying to build more stuff on it. And INJ is like great because since it's built on Cosmos, it's very easy to build other applications and everything. We've seen INJ's ecosystem growing pretty well. So it's just this flywheel that has like more builders coming in, building the right stuff, investors and VCs investing more, power, uh, making exchanges, uh, adopt it further to have more retail users do it to get more builders and so on. So it's like a great little flywheel that BitGo is kind of proud to be a part of and working with like all the great builders and INJ themselves to get this going. You still there, Justin? Looks like he might have dropped on accident. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Uh, also, Daniel, you know, while you know, while we discuss, I, I would love to understand how you guys at BitGo are really viewing DeFi. Um, and kind of, you know, taking your first steps to potentially support, right, the, the, the different forms of integrations with Injective and et cetera. And more specifically, right, like, you know, how BitGo and, and us can potentially work together to onboard, you know, so many new users to our ecosystem that, that, that come from your guys' platform initially. Yeah, great question. <clears throat> I think we could approach it on two fronts. So more on the institutional um, side. I think DeFi demand has kind of scaled back a little bit. So for them, it's more around deploying the assets. So using like a MetaMask or a Wall Connect or any of these other um, applications, like how do they deploy? How do they kind of get more yield for their INJ or other assets on the INJ network? I mean, that's kind of like the most easy use case, but here at Bitco, we're trying to help them in like a regulated and safe way because because most of them are using our custodial cold wallets. They want the security of Bitco but also be able to kind of um, go into like the DeFi pool and you know deploy their assets without like worrying too much about it. More on the developer side, um, what we're trying to focus on is trying to give them like a simple set of APIs where they could create wallets, create transactions, interact with these DeFi protocols so they could build other apps that we might have never thought of to engage with other builders or engage with the e ecosystem or engage to get more retail users on board. So for us, we're trying to make it very easy for these builders to build upon it and make it very easy or very easy and more importantly safe for institutions to deploy it through some kind of wallet connect app which we're actively working on right now a little bit of a, an alpha leak for a lot of our, our listeners um in here today love to love to hear it from daniel uh very excited about kind of the DeFi different you know aspects of integration that we're, we're super excited to be working on with bitco yeah, sorry guys, kind of dropped out a little bit over there. But uh, moving on, uh, Cooper, you earlier mentioned that um, you know obviously Injecto's primary goal, one of it, is to create a seamless and secure DeFi environment for institutional players. And not long ago, you guys, you know, we launched Helix Institutional, and that's a key element to our ecosystem. Could you share more about that? Yes, a hundred percent. So Helix Institutional was announced. Um, quite a few quite a few weeks ago but essentially to give you a story and and kind of a 
you know, important aspect to understanding, you know, how that came to be. The first aspect is is what we just discussed and why we're so excited to be working with folks like BitGo on the first forms of, you know, DeFi integrations. Um, so a little bit more on Helix Institutional and, and what that is kind of, you know, as injective is a layer one based chain that has this kind of exchange module sitting at, at the kind of, you know, core and crux of its chain and, and you know, has this burn uh, aspect. So volume kind of being that uh, North Star KPI of the ecosystem. Um, we look to onboard a lot of these different institutions and many of them um, are already onboarded and trading within our ecosystem. Um, but several of the of those, you know, uh, kind of large institutions, whether based in the U.S. or not based in the U.S. Um, of any way, kind of have a lot of different compliance-based restrictions and a lot of different compliance-related issues. Um, and and with those kind of compliance-related, you know, restrictions and et cetera, um, many of them had, you know, reached out to us and let us know that. You know, we have to know who our counterparty is, for example, and we have to know that our our, our counterparty is accredited and and you know uh, safe and compliant on a whole host of different realms. And in addition, we have to know that our funds are safe, right? And we have to know that our funds are are being taken care of by a custodian. So we have been um, and, and you know announced Helix, Helix Institutional, which will allow for you know different types of institutions to trade fully on chain. In different markets like Bitcoin perpetuals, other forms of derivatives, um, you know, very deep spot liquidity for different forms of long tail assets, as well as now, um, you know, utility for real world assets. Which a little bit of a, an alpha leak here. We have some incredibly exciting announcements coming in the in the coming months. Um, but specifically, uh, you know, Helix Institutional was built and announced to essentially allow for those different types of institutions to trade and onboard to Injective's infrastructure in a fully compliant way. Um, so the way it works on the back end um, to get into the technical side of things is there is an allow list and only uh, kind of, you know, KYC entities that are on that allow list can interact with that market ID. Um, but, you know, is fully utilizing the, the injective stack and everything kind of injective is built and has to offer. And, and with that being said, you know, cool, you know, collaborations with with BitGo, as just previously discussed, open up the opportunity for there not only to be compliance, but there also to be uh, custody and custody solutions from BitGo and others, uh, which we're, we're super pumped about. Yeah, I mean. Cooper mentioned you just mentioned about being knowing who your counterparty is, being compliant as well to regulations, and it's all just a testament to how security is, on-chain security is paramount to this industry and to where we're heading as well. So for Daniel, I just would like to know, could you share some insights into how BitGo ensures the security for INJ holdings for institutional players? Uh, yeah. So specifically for INJ holders, as we mentioned. Uh, BitGo, we follow this like two or three um, key sharing or key management scheme. So we kind of cater to whoever you need. So if an institution kind of want, wants to manage their own keys, they could use the BitGo platform themselves where we have both self-managed hot and self-managed cold wallets where they manage uh, two or three keys with BitGo as a third key. That way, if any, that way no players will ever or if like BitGo ever gets like hacked or intruded upon, the funds are always safe. If BitGo ever disappears, our users have the ability to recover their funds in a self-service manner. 
while still getting like the security of BitGo. And predominantly, another layer of security is controls. As institutions, approvals is incredibly important, right? Again, you don't want, going back to that ledger example, you don't want a single person controlling millions of dollars of crypto, which is a ledger, right? You have no controls in place, you have no approvals process, and this is very important for funds, especially if you're managing other people's money as well. On the custodial side, if you don't even want to manage the keys yourself, but still have the right controls and approval process in place, we already got that covered as well. And these are kind of like the two main ways we support um, INJ holder or institutional holders here at BitGo. Yeah, I could not agree more. Um, so let's move the conversation to the other side. So obviously security is important, but simultaneously when you're trading, you got to make sure the liquidity pool is deep. And liquidity pool is exceptionally crucial in DeFi. We all know that. So how do you think both of you guys uh, think that institutional players can contribute to providing liquidity, liquidity in DeFi markets? And what are the benefits to both institutions as well as you know, entire DeFi ecosystems as a whole? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, from my perspective, right, I think that in, in a long-term vision, right, our goal is to provide by and large, the premier venue um, for anyone, whether that's a retail user or an institution um, or anyone on that spectrum to be, you know, provide the best user experience and access to these decentralized markets. Um, and, and what that means in the future, and, and one of the ways, you know, to get there is providing premier liquidity, right? So if I can execute on price in a, in a you know, superior or more capital efficient way on injective than I can on let's say Binance or let's say, you know, even the CME in, in the future, I'm going to do so, right? So from our perspective, um, building liquidity uh, through, you know, enabling these different forms of tools um, such as Bitco allows us to work with these, you know, unique and, and you know, very sophisticated liquidity providers, um, which essentially, you know, I know that we're using this term liquidity over and over again, but essentially it's the amount of dollars that are you know able to be swapped you know instantly at, at any moment's time. So in the context of an AMM like Uniswap, right, you have this kind of curve that you know initially functioned off of the formula x times y equals k, which essentially means that you have two different assets, um, and and you know there is always a price available to swap. Uh, the problem with AMMs is they're not capital efficient, and what do I mean by that? You have to pay slippage, and you have to pay kind of massive impermanent loss on the LP side um, by entering into one of those pools. So, you know, Injective is very you know, special in the sense that it is a fully on-chain limit order book. Um, and that means that there are counterparties, um, and these are liquidity providers that you also see on that of a Binance, but also that of, uh, you know, the CME or even the New York Stock Exchange, um, who are there actively providing quotes on both sides, you know, the bid and ask of a market. Um, and expanding the potential kind of, um, you know, user base of liquidity providers is immensely important in building out that vision uh, to being the premier venue to kind of execute trades. Um, and, and also that premier venue for any different type of DeFi interaction, whether that's lending, borrowing, you know, um, money markets, you know, real world asset issuance. Um, you know, all those different things. So I think that this collaboration with Bitco and, and while touching on that kind of liquidity conversation really expands the market. And I think Daniel could probably talk 
you know, speak to more in terms of how large their user base is and how that opens up such great opportunities for injective. Um, but, but that's kind of the high level there. Yeah. Continuing on that, um, we power said market makers, I think for BitGo, since, um, on the institution side, we have a lot of exchanges and a lot of market makers, you know, allowing them the ability to custody because they use BitGo as kind of their wallet infrastructure to just even hold and manage <clears throat> all their crypto and supporting INJ gives them the ability to custody INJ to do their market making abilities. Uh, more on like kind of the fun side of the house for these institutions, you know, as we mentioned, like giving them the DeFi um, Wallet Connect access allows them to even like engage specifically with these like DeFi liquidity pools so they could deploy that assets themselves. But I think for us, I think what we're more excited about is enabling these market makers to use BitGo to kind of power their operations, power these exchanges, because exchanges, the only way they could do trading is by working with with some of these like more bigger market makers out there. So we're very excited for that and open, opening that up so we could see more trading comes in. We ourselves don't do too much of the trading itself, but we help power the engine that does all these tradings. Yeah, with that being said, um, Cooper, do you kind of want to leak some alpha to our listeners on how we on Injective, you know, solve liquidity issues within our platform? Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. So um, I think this opens up, uh, you know, for a lot of the community members listening, uh, a cool op, you know, option. So, so what, you know, in, in topic previously, um, you know, and, and what, we have to this day is, you know, to incentivize liquidity and to incentivize these different forms of liquidity providers providing passive liquidity on the order book, um, we have different incentive programs in place. And, and the one main program at the moment is the open liquidity program. Um, what we currently have uh, slated and, and a little bit of an alpha drop is, is, you know, diversifying that liquidity profile. Um, into several different aspects. So currently, you know, we are, the, the, the main liquidity providers are coming from, let's say, you know, 10 to 12 different you know, st strategic liquidity partners for, I'd say, probably over 90% of that liquidity and, and those dollars on the order book more specifically. And what we're super excited about is to unveil different forms of protocols. Um, you know, I think we've, we've mainly spoke about this, but namely kind of Mito, um, we've also seen, you know, and, and and have exciting teams like Elixir launching in the coming weeks, but also different forms of uh, kind of, you know, features to things like HelixApp.com, which you can go check out right now. So we currently have a kind of uh, liquidity farming tool where essentially, you know, you are heavily incentivized to provide passive liquidity within a gridded range. And, and we have a ton of rewards, so go check that out. And, and, you know, on a high level, I think, to answer your question specifically in terms of alpha, there are several new kind of liquidity profiles coming to Injective, um, which provides a, a very interesting um, kind of opportunity for, for users and for institutions to kind of, you know, attribute as, as all those different things enter the order book. Yeah, amazing. That, um, that was a super complete answer. Uh, so moving on to one of our last few questions on this Twitter space, um, what trends do or developments do both of you guys think will specifically cater to the needs and interests of institutional players in the upcoming future? I, I could start with this. I think for the next year, for 2024, what we're, so I'll, I'll break down institutions in two fronts, like exchanges and 
like hedge funds, VCs, investors. So on the latter front, the investor side, I think what we're noticing is that uh, these these investors seems to be focusing on new chains. Well, you know, by and large, because they're investors, they're focusing on um, new just new chains and getting in early. But I think what we're seeing is they're kind of focusing on a lot of new chains that allow the ability to either do cross-chain capability or be interoperable with others. And Injective being in the Cosmos space is already, you know, very easy to use the IBC protocols to interact with other Cosmos um, side chains. But, you know, the ability to move across to other chains being EVM compatible or even working with non-EVM chains seems to be some of the directions that these early investors seems to be prioritizing on. Well, we'll see if that pans out. Please don't quote me on that, but I think that's what we're kind of seeing from some of our institutional investors. On the exchange side, I think they're just kind of focusing on um, security. So for them, it's less about what assets to focus on, although they are kind of driven largely by retail demand, um, but just kind of focusing, half of it is like, what are like the next hype coins? But the other thing is just, how do they beef up their operations? How do they make um, transactions faster or cheaper? So they're kind of focusing on some of these chains that offers those kind of abilities, which, you know, INJ also falls into very nicely. It's very fast, it's very cheap, but, um, you know, the more developers could kind of focus on developers, investors, builders, what have you, kind of focus on kind of these core themes, that's, I think, at least from my perspective, what these institutions are kind of focusing on. Yeah, very well put there, Daniel. Um, and I would say from our perspective, you know, Injection, Injective Labs, you know, the core contributor towards towards the blockchain is really working to ensure that Injective is, you know, I think to date, probably the only unique participant that has created a sector-specific blockchain um, that's built for finance-based applications. And and why is this so important from my perspective? From my perspective, you know, I don't think any L1 to date has really found product market fit at scale um, of any kind. And, and, you know, as we continue to iterate across our entire space that is crypto, um, you know, we think that having this advantage in catering to a specific L1 and and offering Web3 modules out of the box for developers to take and and utilize to create their own compelling products is kind of our take on how we onboard the next you know million slash billion onto these these different crypto rails. Um, so you know to kind of be more specific there. Um, on that note, I think it's kind of important to understand that. You know, we are now one of the first teams that's offering these different VM environments. So you just spoke to this, Daniel, but effectively, we are now support with the, the support of Caldera an IN EVM layer. So all as well as an IN SVM layer. But uh, essentially, all these different EVM-based applications, you know, IN EVM layer, and and launch their DApps seamlessly. So. Our next phase is while we already have support for you know interoperability uh, protocols such as Wormhole, Axelar, soon to potentially be uh, you know another big name. Um, stay tuned there. A little bit more alpha for our community. Uh, we think it's immensely important um, to also have these different forms of environments where EVM-based applications can utilize the the pros of Injective as well as Solana-based applications and etc. Yeah, I mean Cooper just shared a lot of what has happened on Injective over the last uh, last couple of months and really this year. And obviously, some of you might know that yesterday was our second mainnet anniversary. And so us personally, we're thrilled to sort of witness 
what we've been able to do over the last two years. Um, Cooper, you touch on some of the milestones that we've reached. Is there anything else that you would like to share, you know, regarding our achievements to our community in this Twitter space today? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think this also is a is a great time to discuss, right? Like, you know, we have sub second block times. Uh, from from my perspective, right, it's you know probably the fastest L one in in real time production with with eight hundred millisecond block times. Uh, you know, over two years on mainnet as of yesterday. 50 million plus blocks processed, 318 million plus transactions, um, you know, $44 million or 44, sorry, 44 million INJ staked, 5.7 million INJ tokens burned, which is incredibly interesting. Um, you know, almost uh, approaching 14 billion in processed volume across all the dApps on the injective chain and and really exponentially growing the, those volume numbers, which directly attribute to that token burn. Um, and over 200,000 ninjas onboarded to, to the ambassador program and within our community. So I think it's very important to kind of, you know, stay up to date with what's happening in our ecosystem as we rapidly expand on, you know, several different verticals, one of which is this, you know, super exciting institutional vertical that we're working with BitGo and, and all the other market leaders on. Um, but, you know, there are several others, which is, you know, the infra stack in addition to our, our ecosystem and et cetera. Yeah, perfect. Last question today, uh, Daniel, uh, I'll direct this to you, you know. Obviously, early on, you touched on what institutional players are looking for within the DeFi space. If you could just sort of paraphrase it into one last message, you know, what would you like to convey to these institutional investors who may still be on the fence about exploring DeFi opportunities? Yeah, I would say to them, um, crypto can be scary. And you want to go with someone who knows the space, has a long history of being battle tested and have security for forefront of mind while allowing them a lot of wallet apps capability that not might be available anywhere else and has the right customer service to help them deploy it. That's what I would say. Yeah, you've heard, you guys heard it. So, you know, make sure to follow BitGo and Injective. Um, that will be it today, unless Cooper and Daniel, you guys have anything else to add? No. Uh Thank you so much for Daniel for coming on. We're super excited about all the, the upcoming collaborations that we're working on with BitGo. And, you know, definitely stay tuned to our Twitter who's hosting here. And, and you know, a lot of, a ton of very exciting announcements coming in the, in the coming weeks. So definitely stay tuned, guys. But, but thanks for, uh, for tuning in here. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for having me. And yeah, thank you for everyone who is attending. Yeah, please follow BitGo as well. Shameless plug. And see you guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone, today. Um, like I said, like Daniel said, follow Big Goal, Injective on Twitter. All the latest updates will be posted there. And until next time, we'll talk soon. Take care, everyone. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear Flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day Eleven bowls of chronic Never known the politics
lunatic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning, forming mycological bonds Click the cap, though the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse, misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is played for keeps Clowns white knight and all these Maybelines. They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Tim Spaces.